Hello, and welcome to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. Minding the Forest is where we'll talk about sustainable forestry, how important forests are to Louisiana and its economy, and how forests benefit everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Zerang. Today, we're talking with Wade Dubay, State Forester for the Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. We'll be talking about the LDAF and how it helps forest landowners. Wade, good to have you here. Thank you, Jeff. Good to be with you. What does a state forester do? Well, the the state forester is a shared position uh, in, in sort. The state forester also serves as the assistant commissioner of forestry with the Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. And the primary role of this position is to oversee the actions with direction from the Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry and the Louisiana Forestry Commission. In that dual appointment, our charge for the state is uh, basically falls into two broad categories. One being what we call protection, which is the the fireside suppression, management, detection, and so forth, and then the management side of what we do, and that's assisting landowners. A lot of the folks you talk to who get into forestry, one of the things they mention first is the opportunity to be out in the woods and outdoors a lot. Unfortunately, today, though, we're sitting at your desk, and that seems to be the central point of where you are now. It is, and, and I uh, I tell people jokingly, I've traded my, my field experience in forestry. My, my trees are mostly in the form of furniture and paper, but uh, <laughs> it's a necessary role, and I've seen the transition. Now, don't get me wrong, there are days that you know, I long to go outside and cruise timber again. It, it's just, yeah. if, and for those of us that, that have cruised timber, that, that might seem like a, a far-fetched thing to want to do. But it's a transition that has taken place over time and for me to where it's a different side. And it's uh, working with the forest landowners, with the citizens of the state, and then taking that and turning it into what we can do through legislative action, through uh, the department and so forth, and, and how we can best serve the people of this state. You really are, what it sounds like to me, sort of liaison in government for the landowners. And it seems that there are lots of opportunities for landowners. That is correct. And both the opportunities that come as a result of, of something that takes place, a natural uh, incident, such as the hurricanes that that we've just uh, endured, uh, and also how we can monitor and affect change in the programs that we administer. Uh, It's constantly moving. Here in Louisiana, one of the the issues that we face or I've faced in this job since I've taken over and I think we'll continue to, to into the future is trying to provide opportunity for landowners to market their product. And it's an uphill battle for us. Uh, We've seen mill closures. We've seen businesses that have had to downsize. And so if you go all the way through the chain, it ultimately will affect that landowner and what they can do, how they manage their, their timber and so forth because of the markets that are available in that phase of management. And so I work with the legislature. I work with the other branches of Louisiana government, other agencies, Louisiana Economic Development, for example, trying to promote opportunities for the landowners, meeting with potential business owners that would be interested in coming in, try to relocate to Louisiana and open up some opportunity. 
and likewise with the existing business owners. Those are extremely important to keep those relationships open and to try to foster that relationship between the landowner, the harvesting contractor, the foresters, and the mills, and and providing the best opportunity we can. Concerning landowners, 2020 was a difficult year. I mean, markets are, at least lately, they've been troublesome. And put on top of that, several storms that have, have come in. It's not the first time we've had Katrina and Rita 15 years ago, but Delta and more particularly Laura came through. Y'all were instrumental in getting the assessments information. That is correct. We uh, we worked with a number of partners in doing so. Have to give credit to the U.S. Forest Service and the assistance they provide. Have to give credit to the LSU Ag Center and the assistance that they provided in trying to get some quick turnaround on some numbers. Have to give credit to FSA with the opportunities for the emergency funding and all. And it was part of a a collaborative effort. But we were able to get our planes up. Our pilots were out flying. Uh, Our foresters and crew personnel working with the pilots. We we use a what we uh, use in, in our assessments or digital sketch mappers. So we were able to get up and basically fly a grid over the entire state and pinpoint where the damage took place. Then that went over to the Forest Service. They were able to put it into categories, whether it was severe damage, moderate damage, so forth. And then LSU and Dr. Blazer and others and his team there were able to take that information and put a dollar value to it. From there, that's what went up to Congress and the request for emergency funding to assist landowners uh, was developed from that collaborative effort. Moving forward, as all that debris is still on the ground, some hopefully will be burned. What can be harvested or salvaged, I'm sure, has already been. But we're kind of past the window of opportunity. You're in the monitoring phase for insects and disease right now because of all of the the debris on the ground. That's correct. One concern is the insect and disease. You know, the timber that's not on the ground is stressed from the wind and the intense rain and and everything else. And so that causes a a potential problem for, particularly in the pine areas, for uh, insect and disease, southern pine beetle, uh, Ips beetle, uh, other insect pests, disease that that may come in and affect the, the residual stand of timber, the one that was not wiped out by the hurricane directly. The other side of that is the timber that's down that was not able to be salvaged. That's going to pose another two potential problems. One, and it increases the potential for wildfire because now we've got fuel loads on the ground that are, are higher than normal. Uh, and then the second that may be of more importance to the landowner is the cost of site prepping this to replant it. Uh, you've got timber down. Uh, it's going to be a lot of mechanical site prep. Uh, you know, going through in many situations, we can do a chemical and we can do a burn and get a, a site ready to replant. In this case, it's going to be a lot more dozer work, a lot more mechanical site prep involved to get this timber out of the way so we can mm-hmm. replant. In the places where they can burn, does that? 
pose a particular problem? I guess maybe you're just at the mercy of the weather. Weather is, is probably the, the primary deciding factor. Uh, and then we've got the issues of surrounding areas, just depending on how close to municipality or you know, your window gets narrower as you factor in more of these considerations. But, uh, you know, where we can burn, that's going to be the most efficient and the, the least expensive option for the landowners to try to get this cleaned up and get it ready to replant. Talking about site prep and things of that nature, that's where there's a program that LDAF has that small landowners, we're not talking about company lands, we're talking about the individual landowner that can seek help from the state. Is that correct? That is correct. Our office administers the Forestry Productivity Program. In short, that is a program that cost shares reforestation efforts in Louisiana. And uh, it is available to landowners, not commercial companies, but to the private landowner. And we typically will see the landowners take advantage of that program. Just to give you an overview of the program itself, the funding for that program is dedicated from the state's portion or part of the state's portion of the timber severance tax that is paid when someone harvests timber. The general breakdown of how that works is when timber is cut, three-quarters of that stays in the parish. It goes to the parish government. The initial use for that money was the maintenance and construction of roads. Uh, I understand that there are a number of parishes now that have changed the way that uh, is distributed. It goes into their operating budget, and they use the money as, as they see fit. That remaining 25% comes to the state. And of that 25%, three-quarters of that goes into the FPP program, uh, which amounts to around $3 million a year. We were very fortunate with that final 25%. That was going into the state general fund. Uh, Representative Jack McFarland was successful in introducing a bill this past session that now allows that money to come to the Office of Forestry for salaries to increase our capacity for firefighter positions. So we're fortunate to have that as well. But that remaining, uh, that that three-quarters that goes to the FBP, it's around $3 million, 2.8 to 3.2, somewhere in that range. And it's available to landowners. Do you have to have so many acres in order to qualify for that program? How does that work? There is a minimum acres. Uh, it is 10 acres to enter into the program. The other uh, requirement is that land must stay in a forested state for 10 years. A landowner can apply for assistance. We receive applications in the months of April and May. We went to this system a couple of years ago because it is what allows us to operate within our state fiscal year, meaning that you apply, you expend the funds, you're reimbursed for the funds, and you can reapply next year. The benefit of that is that you can apply for as many practices on that piece of property as you think you'll need, and when you get to the end, if you have completed all except one, you just didn't get to it, you can apply for that one practice next time and 
get back in that cycle. So it allows the landowner to have some flexibility there. It poses some problems as well, particularly uh, when it comes to trying to do uh, some chemical release and so forth. Uh, we share contractors with other states and other industries, and so it's, uh, it's a little more effort in trying to coordinate and make sure that, that we get everything when we're supposed to have it done, the, the timing of that lined up. So it sounds like it's really important that if you own forested land and you want to manage it properly, you have to have a good plan in order to present that to the state, and then you can get reimbursed with that. How much can you get reimbursed? The law was changed uh, within the last year and a half that now allows us, or actually allows the commissioner upon recommendation of the Louisiana Forestry Commission to set the state's involvement in the program annually. The reason we did that is we're dependent on the amount of money coming into the program from the severance tax, and we won't know until we get right up to the application period how much money we have to spend. And so the Forestry Commission comes in. They look at what's come into the account. We look at past trends. How many applications did we have last year? How many acres were completed? And then the commission makes a recommendation to the commissioner. Currently, for, for this upcoming cycle, the maximum amount that will be available to a landowner is $10,000. That fluctuates. It can be set now with the new law as low or as high uh, with the $15,000 max per landowner. And so what that does is and and the thought process in in coming up with this $10,000 cap for this year is trying to allow more landowners to be able to get something to assist, particularly following the storms and the damage that was done. We wanted to make sure that we could provide some funding to more people by uh, having a a cap at $10,000 versus something a little higher. Andy, individual landowner can apply through this program, the most they can get back in a reimbursement grant is $10,000. Is that based on a percentage? Say, if I'm doing a project and $10,000 is 75% of it or $10,000 is 85% of it, does it matter? Yes, it does, actually. It's a good question. And the way that we are moving to administer the program, and this is going to be something new for this next cycle as well, we're moving toward a an incentive-type award for this funding. What we do is we look at the average cost of completing the practice. In other words, what's the state average for site prep burning? What's the state average for chemical site prep, uh, and so on and so forth. And then what we do is the commission, again, makes this the recommendation for the percentage. We set the rate for this next cycle at basically 75% of that average cost. So uh, in the end, it's the landowner is going to be able to receive, based on, on that average, 75%, and there would be a 25% on the part of the landowner to complete a particular practice up to a $10,000 cap to receive from the program. The other thing I think, uh, Jeff, that that is important to mention right now is when we talk about a landowner, we've got some opportunities there as well. A landowner can be an individual that has an account set up here, and a landowner can be part of an LLC that is 
in an account set up here. We use personally assigned number that tracks this. And so you can have multiple tracks of land. You can have multiple contracts with the department depending on the way that a company is set up and structured. And what sort of practices are allowed? We had talked about site prep primarily because of Hurricane Laura and, and Hurricane Delta that have really struck hard in the southwest portion of the state. So what other practices are available with FPP? FPP has a number of practices, and just basically the short list of them uh, is going to include the types of site prep. It's going to include the seedling cost. It's going to include the labor to plant the seedlings. Site prep can be burning. It can be chemical. It can be mechanical, depending on the plan. And you you touched on it earlier because every one of these applications has to have a, a plan associated with it, whether it's one of our foresters that writes the plan or whether it is a consulting forester that works for this particular landowner. The plan will be written. The plan will be approved and then the plan will be followed. All of that is key to uh, the funding and the reimbursement of the funding. One practice in FPP that we successfully amended, I guess it's been two cycles ago now, is that of prescribed burning. We now will fund, or you can apply to have your prescribed burning funded uh, into that 10-year period of that stand. So uh, it's not just an establishment uh, burn or site prep burn anymore. We, we will also cost share prescribed burning. We did this with the recommendation of the commission to promote prescribed burning and to use that fire as a tool. Again, when you look at the application, you could go through the practices and the past practice with the application process was you were limited to a number of practices and now you're unlimited. And so it gives the landowner, it gives the consultant forester opportunity to go into a tract and really develop a plan that is specific. We took a good program and we continue each year as we go through it. We sit down with our staff and, and input from others and you know, how can we take this roll with the times, make the adjustments we have to, and ultimately try to make it better for the landowners. If someone owns forested land in Louisiana and they do not have a plan, they can get help through LDAF. Is that correct? That is correct. We have foresters that are responsible in every parish of the state. So if if there's a landowner that owns a piece of land and they would like assistance with that, we urge them to get in contact that district office. We've got six districts, five of which are uh, spread across the state. The sixth one would be in the Atchafalaya Basin area, but they can reach out to any of our foresters and they can work with them. We also work with the consulting foresters across the state. Uh, It is not our goal to compete with a consultant in an area. And so typically what we will do is if a landowner has a smaller tract of land and it's just not financially feasible for someone to go in and assist or manage it as part of what they provide as services, that's where we'll come in and we'll work with that landowner. The challenges with small tracts of land are great, particularly in the situation we find ourselves in now. We can manage it very easily, but when it comes time to harvest it, it's very difficult to try to get a small 10 acres or 15 acres harvested. 
and sold. And so what we try to do is work with the surrounding landowners, work with the consultants, and take advantage of opportunities for these landowners. They want to do the right thing. They want to manage their property, and we encourage that. LDAF will help with developing management plans for the real small landowners who, who are out there, and then that includes helping them with a plan that could take advantage of the FPP? That is correct. Uh, we'll, we'll work with the landowner. We'll help them develop a plan, help them with the application process all the way through. We've worked with landowners uh, that, that call, and they're trying to market their timber. It's a small tract. Either they want to do it right and have a contract to sell the timber and not just get a, a verbal or, or something of that nature with, with someone that, that's uh, offering to cut the timber. We'll work with them trying to put them in touch. Our goal, again, is we, we are not trying to promote one company or individual over another. So typically what we will do is we'll put the landowner in touch with the forester in their area, and we can assist with the plan, and when it comes time to harvest, then what we will do is offer a list of available contractors in that area. Any landowners out there who are interested in contacting you for either questions about management or the FPP specifically, what would they do? The easiest way to, to get to us is here at the Baton Rouge office, and then we can put them in touch with the particular field office that, that they need. The phone number here in the Baton Rouge office is 225 925 Four five zero zero, and then certainly uh, you can go to the website LDAF uh, homepage and reach us uh, that way as well. Wade Dubay, State Forester for the Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. Thank you, Jeff. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. Remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're mining the forest for you. Mm-hmm.